everybody. Welcome to another episode of Foreign Football Forecast. Today I'm joined by my special guest, Armando Espinal, president and founder of Peña VCF. Armando, how's everything going with you? How's, how's your week been? What's, what's new? Hey Patrick, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Yes, I'm the president, my name is Armando, the president of the Pena VCF USA, uh, the official fan club of Valencia fans in the U.S. And uh, glad to be here. Uh, happy to talk about the team, kind of the foundation of the club, of our fan group, and kind of some of the recent history with Valencia. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, Armando and I were talking a little bit before the show, and I had mentioned how I had been in Valencia in the past year, and I had the fortune of being able to see the stadium, and I saw Mestalla, and and I was, I was astonished. You know, this is a club that is such a big club, but I feel like maybe up until you guys had really come about, maybe there wasn't as much recognition of the club. So, can you walk us through sort of how? you know, the organization started, how you guys came up with, you know, the name, with everything kind of with planning. Was this something that you guys had already discussed previously or did you just find a group of fans kind of across the nation or how did everything kind of get started? So yeah, I founded the club in 2012. So I was a junior. Incoming junior, or I was a junior, in uh, the University of Illinois, which is uh, three hours south of Chicago. Um, I'm a Chicago land native, born and raised. Uh, so, in that summer before I started my junior year at University of Illinois, Valencia uh, had their first U.S. tour. They had two games, one in Portland and one in Houston. I went to the Houston game with my dad. We drove from Chicago to Houston in one day. It was a long drive. And uh, that was the first time I've ever seen Valencia in person. I've always watched it on TV with my dad and my brother and my, and my mom as well. We've always watched the games together as a family. So it's always been like a family tradition. And I've always had Valencia be near and dear to my heart. Um, the way I got into Valencia was my dad is a fan of Mario Alberto Campos, El Matador, who won the World Cup for Argentina in 78. And he grew up watching Valencia because of Mario Alberto. Mario Kempis, and he fell in love with the team, and he became a fan, and he raised my brother and I as fans. So I had the affinity towards the team, and then I had a personal connection um, with my dad and watching games with him, and the moment that really solidified my fandom and my passion for the team was in uh, Valencia's uh, Champions League um, run in the 99-2000 season when uh, one of my all-time favorite players, Claudio Lopez, scored an amazing goal against uh, PSV. Um, and at that moment, I, was, I fell in love with the team and really solidified my fandom and my identity. Whenever I was in class, whenever I was in Spanish class growing up, whenever we had to do projects on a city in Spain, I'd always pick Valencia, and that's how I kind of learned about the history of the team and the history of the city and how the two are very intertwined and very fused in how Valencia uh, really celebrates the history and the culture of the city. Um, so that's kind of how I became a fan. So 
Armando, I know that, you know, you being a huge fan of Valencia and the club, can you describe a little bit about how the organization got started? Because if I'm not mistaken, you guys are the first Valencia Pena in the U.S. So would you mind clarifying how everything kind of got started and a little bit of the history and the background of the organization? Yeah, definitely. So uh, like you said, I've been a huge fan uh, since I was little and uh, always shared this passion with my family, whether it's my dad, my mom, or my brother. And uh, Valencia for the first time announced uh, their USA tour in 2010. Unfortunately, that uh, did not come to fruition, but they came back to the States in uh, 2012. This was their first USA tour. And uh, when I heard that, uh, my dad and I instantly knew we needed to go to the game. So we drove from Chicago to Houston. It was a long drive, but it was definitely worth it. Um, we stayed in Houston uh, for that weekend where the game was played. And uh, when, when we were at Houston, we met a lot of fans. We went to the stadium eight hours before the game even started. They were playing the Dynamo for, uh, I believe it was the Orange Cup. And uh, or Dynamo Cup, we were there for eight hours before the stadium, just hanging out, soaking in the atmosphere. And that's why I met um, a few Valencianistas who are to this day still good friends of mine. Uh, one of them being Julio Silva. He is from Dallas, Texas. Him and his wife traveled from Dallas, Houston to uh, watch the game as well. And I connected with him, a uh, great guy. He was very open and told me a lot about his history with, the, uh, with being a fan of Valencia. Um, we kind of just like hung out together and uh, after the tour, I was inspired by meeting fans like Julio um, to make a fan club. So I reached out to him and some of the other people I met at the game, uh, kind of made an online community uh, while I was in my junior year at the University of Illinois. And uh, that's how it started, the Pena. And I kept growing and growing this online community. Um, and through Julio and some of the other guys I met, I got connected to uh, Guillermo. Uh, Barria, who is currently our vice president, and he put me in contact with uh, uh, Sister Benoit, who is our secretary. So we kind of established ourselves online, made an online community, kept growing. And uh, when it came time to become official uh, with that agrupacion, um, I became the president, Guillermo became the vice president, Cesar, secretary, uh, Julio Silva, the treasurer, and uh, we had other board members as well, Ricardo from New York and Justo from uh, LA and uh, also Rafael Cabrales from Miami. So that's kind of our history and our board. So Guillermo and Cesar Ricardo are all in New York. That's where most of our fans congregate. So I would say that's the biggest chapter we have. And then the West Coast, you have uh, me and uh, Justo who are kind of leading that group and then we have little pockets around, like in Texas with Julio, uh, Miami with uh, Rafael, and then we have pieces in Chicago um, with my family being part of that piece as well. So we're kind of diverse, even though it's from coast to coast and it, the group is pretty big. I feel like the tightness we have in everyone's great investment and get always willing to get back to and get involved with the group in the Pena and to connect with one another really made the group a lot stronger and meeting different, I guess, members from the team when they were on the tour. 
um, like Julio Tarega, who did make videos of uh, us, Julio and I, when we went to Houston about our fandom and really put us on the map and kept helping us grow and grow. And when they came back in 2013, the team reached out to us to personally meet all of us, uh, thanks to Julio Tarega. So uh, he was a former VCF play, uh, their old media team. Uh, spearheading that project so he was the one who really helped us to get on the map and get the team to acknowledge us and really help us and get to know us personally so with him, without him I don't think we would have gotten the recognition we would have gotten so it's kind of the history behind us and how the team has always supported us and really thankful for that. Okay now how did you guys get in touch with Julio and then as an organization is it kind of like the other groups that have sprung up in both uh, New York, Miami, et cetera, are they also a part of the, the larger organization or are they just kind of subsections of the group? Because I know there's one in New York. I wanted to say there's one in Miami and in LA. Yeah, so we are all part of the same Pena. We just have little pockets everywhere just because of the scope of the US is just a huge country from coast to coast. So we're all one part of the same Penio would just have little pockets everywhere where people do watch parties, meet and greets. And to go to your question about how Julio Tarega, we got connected with him. Um, when Valencia came to the US in 2012, they um, really made an effort to get to know a lot of the fans that traveled. So Julio Tarega was spearheading that and got to know these fan stories. So he was doing a piece for a VCF play about different fan stories about fan, American fans who became in love with the team and kind of wanted to know their story. So he was the really the one who put uh, kind of the spark in us to really share our passion about the team uh, to the club. And because of him, he uh, helped us get connected with other people on the team. And because of that, we've made a very uh, great relationship with the team. We've done uh, several campaigns um, together for instance in 2014 we did a happy new year uh, video Guillermo he our VP he is a film producer and director so he uh, created a piece of content he created a video to celebrate uh, 2014 happy new year uh, with Valencia and it was um, produced co-production with uh, the team so it had uh, both mem our members and it had uh, some sponsorship as well. So it was kind of um, great that the team really got to know us on an individual level and really wanted us to get even more invested and involved. So because of that, we got opportunities like that as well. Do you think that's uh, one of the things that maybe separates you guys um, as far as being a fan group and that it's so kind of cohesive and it's such a high level of collaboration with the club because I know other clubs you know they do have interaction but some of the clubs they have maybe some of the groups are a little smaller so there's not mm -hmm. as much interaction but I know you guys have a substantial amount of engagement do you think that's something that maybe helps differentiate you and is that something that you think is is kind of characteristic of Valencia in general as a club because it seems like a very inclusive club and a very inclusive organization. Yeah, I think just the the hospitality that the people of Valencia and that the city has to everyone, I think is very ingrained in the club and 
uh, no matter who we've connected with in the team, even though Julio Terega no longer works on VCF play, um, the VCF, the current VCF media team spearheaded by Javier Latore, he's been great as well and really wanted to connect to us. So it's always that hospitality and getting uh, to have the communal feeling and that communal belonging that I think is very essential in the club's foundation and really made us as uh, Pena very strong. And just to see the recognition on both sides, I think it's a beautiful thing. And it's built a really strong relationship, not only with us, with the team, but within our Pena itself, everyone gets to know each other on a personal level. And I think that's really made everyone uh, together and everyone's so invested with the Pena and really wants to get involved. So I think having that collaborative idea and having different ideas from people around the country really opens uh, my eyes to see like, oh, these are different opportunities we can get involved with. Um, Julio Silva, for instance, he um, created some scarves for us. He designed some scarves with uh, roughneck uh, scarves. So he was the one who kind of spearheaded that, uh, made a great design. We have two, actually three versions of the scarves. Um, so he really got invested with that and um, invested with the Dallas Cup. So he lives in Dallas, Texas. Uh, the Dallas Cup happens at the league every year, and it's a lot of the youth academies of soccer teams from all over the world come. Valencia's infantile teams have been uh, in those games, so they've been invited. And he's been able to go to the games, Julio has been able to go to the games with his family and get to meet some of the young products like Carlos Soler, who are now in the first team. So he's been invested and kind of spearheaded those initiatives. Uh, while Guillermo, like I was mentioning, uh, made the commercial to celebrate Happy New Year 2014 uh, with collaboration with the club. And it's been a lot of uh, uh, back and forth with our ideas, trying to pitch it to the team and pitch it to one another. So it's been a very great collaborative um, process to come up with these different campaigns and it's very well received by everybody. How did you feel when you were able to participate in that? And I know you mentioned, you know, you had been able to see a match in Valencia. How do you feel like, do you feel that the club being kind of such a warm club and the city being such a warm, welcoming city, is that one of the reasons that you've kind of stuck and stayed being such a fan for so long? Or, or what is it that's, in addition to maybe that, has there been another reason that you've been such a strong fan? Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, it's really that great relationship. For me, I've always been personally invested in the team. It's always been something I've connected to on a personal level. A lot of the things that happened with the club, with the team, with the players, and the history of Valencia, I feel a personal connection has been signified by different big life events that I went through and it's really taught me a lot of life lessons and just expressing that and having that, showing that passion uh, to the team who are very open to it and really appreciate uh, me opening up to them has really made a great um, relationship. And I think that just took my fandom to the next level to, to the point where I live and breathe Valencia. Like it's, it's a huge part of my life and I wouldn't change it for the world. Whenever I was in class, whenever uh, a COVID-19 uh, donation campaign. We've partnered up with uh, over 30 other uh, supporter groups in the U.S. that are New York-based, and uh, we've uh, raised 
over $30,000 to donate to the NYC Health and Hospitals. That's kind of uh, our history, and now we're trying to go more philanthropic and kind of give back to the community because uh, they helped us as well. That's that's extraordinary, and um, you know, you actually you actually beat me to it because I was going to say at the end of the program I was going to ask you about that, and I was going to say, you know, after this when uh, when I upload it, I'm actually going to leave a link below, just so people can kind of get the opportunity to to help the cause because I did notice that it seemed like you guys have a very solidified group, and it seems like because you guys were kind of the first that you've been able to get a little bit more opportunities and you seemed like you guys have always been kind of a very tight-knit group and you know when you go and pursue these things particularly you know with all the stuff with um, COVID-19 and, and everything like that has your you know relationship been with the club been one that's that's helped you with these types of things to where all the types of, you know, community outreach and all these types of, you know, coordinating different fan events and, and things like that. Has that been something that's been a great kind of, you know, asset for you? Because it seems like you guys have a different relationship as a supporters club than other clubs. I think because of the fact that you're a big club, but because, you know, you had mentioned you were really the first person that had that idea of, of rallying around and kind of organizing all the fans because there have been fans throughout the whole country but I felt like it wasn't something that people maybe had taken the initiative for. Do you think that because of that and because of the fact that you've taken the initiative that it's been able to help you with a bunch of different community outreach and you know if, if you have say a cause like you've been working on now has the club been able to help you support that as well or or, or what's kind of um, what's kind of been the relationship like? Yeah, so the team's been very supportive uh, regarding the uh, campaign donation campaign. They uh, gave us a retweet the English account, so they, um, without even asking, they just knew they found out we were doing a campaign and they retweeted. So they've always been supportive just to show support and show the that uh, soccer fans, no matter what team they support, can come together. So that's an amazing thing, and they've always. Uh, been there for us. They've always um, helped promote our club and kind of some of the, like I mentioned, some of the campaigns we've done. So they've always been there and I really appreciate it without their help. I think uh, we wouldn't be um, as unified as we are, as big as we are. And going back to what you were saying, um, yeah, I mean, the U.S. is a big country, like distance-wise from coast to coast. And sometimes it's not the easiest thing to find Valencia fans in this big uh, amazing country so what I usually do is when we do make these connections with other Valencia fans wherever they may be from New York to LA to Texas to Florida to Chicago we always try to make a personal connection because it's like being a I feel like a Valencia fan it's 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 uh, unique it's something that is a differentiator for us something that unifies us so even though I may not know that person like personally right away like just knowing that they're a Valencia fan we always just talk about different shared experiences we have whether it's through games or going to Messiah or going to Valencia experiencing the city so it's um it's a good thing and like before I went for the first time in Valencia in 2014 um I reached out to some of the guys in the fan club who have been all, all or are from Valencia and they 
gave me a lot of great tips and a lot of good advice, and it was very helpful on my trip. So it's, it's a very uh, tight-knit community, even though we may be from coast to coast. Our online presence is something that uh, unifies us together. Can you, can you walk us through a, a little bit about that sort of first experience when you went and, and saw a game for the first time, and how, how was the atmosphere like in the city on game day? How were you feeling when you know, you went and, and you'd seen the first game because you mentioned some of the other members had already seen it and you were able to kind of, you know, converse with them and ask them for tips and advice. How, how did that feeling feel when you finally were able to see them play for the first time and to see such a, such a championed and, and treasured franchise? Was it, was it overwhelming? Was it excitement? Was it nervousness? You know, how... How did that kind of experience come about? Do you think that that academy and that kind of level of, of development has helped the club through some of the difficult situations? You know, in recent seasons, there had been uh, a couple of seasons ago, there had been a lot of instability with the manager. There had been some issues with the owner, Peter Lim. Can you walk us through kind of a little bit of that recent history and how the club has been able to rebound since then and return to that spot of being, you know, a perennial top four and, and perennial, you know, contender at, at least for the Champions League and Europa League. Was that something that was easy to get to or how did that process kind of kind of come about? Yeah, so go back to your first question regarding the academy. So, um, Valencia's academy has always been world class. There's always been players coming out of the academy that made big names for themselves, whether it's Mendieta to, uh, I guess, Paco Alcácer or Jordi Alba or Juan Bernard or David Silva. There's always been that quality and class that Valencia's very known for for their academy. And then the recent guys like Duran, Gaia, Lasco Soler, those guys definitely are making a footprint in the world soccer and making sure, like, I mean, jokingly, Valencia is known as, like, left-back factory, so we've always had kind of that as uh, our big piece. Like, a lot of teams know us as a uh, left-back um, factory making all these world-class left-backs. Um, so it's something I think that's always helped Valencia maintain uh, good stability. Because when you have players who do fight for the bag and who have, really good history and always been with the team. I think it's a good thing because it shows commitment. I know players have come and gone, but there's always an influx of guys from the academy that always um, are of quality and always like fight for the team for the last minute. And uh, I guess regarding recent history, um, I mean, it's been a big learning process. I know um, before Pierre Lim bought the team, there was a lot of questions in the air of what would be the future of the club. Uh, Peter Lim came and invested not only his money but also his time and resources and it was definitely been a big learning experience from everyone involved. I know during the couple few years right when he started it was a lot of managers in and out whether um, it was I guess Nuno to Gary Neville or Paco Ayasaran. It's definitely uh, a lot of learning and I know for me like um, I think now there's a little bit of learning as well. I mean, there's been improvements with the team. I know when we had more, we had a lot of stability with uh, Marcelino. I think that was a big uh, changing turning point 
in uh, my opinion, where Marcelino brought a lot of stability um, and brought a lot of uh, made sure the team was up to his his uh, liking, whether it's physical condition or uh, technical ability. So he really took Valencia back up a notch with his uh, very, I guess, structured 4-4-2 um, system. And I know that really helped right away when he's joined it, sent us back to the Champions League. Uh, we had an amazing year in the 17-18 season. The following season, we won the Copa del Rey, which uh, we hadn't won in over 11 or about 11 years. So it was, it was an amazing time. And when uh, Saladis came, it was definitely more focused on the youngsters. So a lot of emphasis on the young guys like Tongan Lee or uh, Ferran Torres. So now that's been more of the emphasis. And Saladis is more on developing more on uh, developing or promoting younger guys. And he's more fluid with his system. Uh, if For me, it's not as structured as me, Marcelino, and there's definitely some faults, but I mean, Saladis is learning, and then he has had good hot streaks, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you make the champions, that's the ultimate goal. For me, that would be ideal to make it back to champions to be do uh, Champions League three times in a row. I think we'll just build more stability, because I think when you are competing at the highest level in these big European competitions. That's when uh, a lot of players want to stay and have, because they want to uh, progress in the career. And it does put Valencia on the spotlight and kind of gives us uh, more of an edge, because I know what we recently have done in the Champions League is usually get knocked out in the group stage, which is not a good look. But this season, we at least made it to the round of 16 and be first in the group, which is which is amazing because arguably we could have had the group of death when yep. thinking about Chelsea, Lille, and Ajax. So being the top of the group in that tough group was definitely a really big statement. So if we just keep it up and make it to the Champions League and consistently and get out of the group stage, I think it will be a good foundation for Valencia to keep growing. Would you, um, would you describe that as, as the principal goal for the club moving forward to get to the to the point where almost, you know, like a level above, say, in Atletico Madrid, to the point where consistently making the Champions League every year, progressing deep into the Champions League, and then returning almost to the club where players are able to be retained and are able to kind of come up through the academy and stay with the club and don't, you know, maybe necessarily have to go and and move to say, you know, a Madrid or a Barcelona or, you know, a Chelsea or a Bayern. Do you think that's maybe the ultimate organizational goal uh, from their standpoint? And then from your standpoint, would you describe the main goal as, as just being able to consistently stay in the Champions League and and go as far as possible? Or do you have kind of, you know, maybe some other goals? Or, or, or what would you really describe that as? So I guess regarding the team, I believe, yeah, that they, that would be, from my understanding, would be the, one of the top priorities is retaining players and consistently making Champions League and doing well, whether that's getting out of group stage and keep progressing all the way to the final or getting, just getting out to the knockoff stage. But I think the goal is to have a solid pool of talent from the academy and uh, be at that highest level when retaining it. Um, for me, personally, what I would want the team to do is similar, uh, retain talent from the academy and 
build these youngsters into world-class players and consistently make Champions League. I mean, ideally, I would want Valencia to win it all with the Champions League and win La Liga, but I think um, just making it far in the Copa del Rey, maybe getting a few Copa del Rey titles and just getting that momentum to maintain stability, then making it to the highest level of winning the Champions League or La Liga. Okay. Or even both. Yeah, I was, I was going to say. You know, when... when winning both would be ideal. I mean, if you've had a good day, but having that again would be... I mean, I would love that. <laughs> I, I almost compare it to, like... Um, you know how Sevilla had gone, you know, three straight years up to the Europa League, and granted, yeah, it was the Europa League, but still winning titles and then consistently classifying. I do kind of think about that, and I, I wonder from Valencia's standpoint, has there been kind of a consensus within your club, particularly as far as maybe some of the young players or players in general that have consistently impressed you, and have there been... Has there been any player that maybe came in and you were kind of a little skeptical of, but has kind of exceeded your expectations? Because I know we talk about, say, a player like, for example, Gamero versus, say, Soler. I, I look at Soler and he always been somebody that had been progressing and been playing really well. But I noticed Gamero had come in and he's been playing quite well as well. And then there was, um, um, how do you pronounce his name, uh, Jeffrey Kondo. Kondobiga, the yeah, he's he he had come in from Inter and he had played quite well as well. Do you think? Do you think Inter or that kind of Valencia has become a club that's been able to maybe acquire players in the transfer market that were kind of undervalued and and help turn them around? Or how would you kind of describe both? You know, the players that have impressed you and a little bit about kind of the club's transfer policy. See, because the club has been such a big club, but it's always been, from what I've seen, typically players coming in from the academy and not as, or players coming in from Latin America and not as much coming in from, say, you know, different La Liga clubs or British clubs, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we do have a rich history with getting players from South America and other European teams. But for me, I think a perfect example that kind of highlights it of Valencia's transfer policy is uh, kind of Francis Coquelin from who came from Arsenal to Valencia. He was I mean, incredible first, for you. Yeah, when he first came from Arsenal, I honestly didn't think too much about it because I know people, I mean, people troll him, used to troll him all the time and kind of give him a hard time for, the, I guess, his methods. But um, when, when he played on the team and it really showed itself, like, I think Valencia's team you need to show up and you need to fight for the badge and it's for it's like these players who do come from other teams and they want the opportunity to uh, make it to the next level when other clubs may not have given them I think Blunt is the team for them because they want to demonstrate and put the best foot forward and fight for the team and perfect example like you said Francis Coquelin he came in came in uh, performed out of his mind to this day he's like my favorite player and I at first didn't really think much of it when he joined the team and He's definitely like taking Valencia to the next level regarding like his just his tactical awareness, his defending, his very man on man marking. Like he can take on uh, Matthew one on one, like that game against uh, Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final in May. That was a game I always remember because he was just all over mess. He shut him down, made sure he couldn't get any open free space. And it, it's like players who have that grit and the determination. Um, I think for me, Valencia is not a team where. 
there can be egos. You have to kind of put that to the wayside and kind of put um, the team first. And players who succeeded in Valencia have been those players who had to be humbled and uh, kind of fight for the team. Because when we think of bigger transfers, um, Valencia historically hasn't been the best with really big transfers, whether it's like Negredo or Enzo Perez. It's always been, I would say they were flops, but they definitely struggled and left in a short tenure of time. So it has to be those players that have that grit and the determination. Absolutely. Negredo was, was a phenomenal player for you. And when I look at it, I have noticed that it always has been players that have been very tough and kind of very tenacious. And do you think that that, that comes into you know, the identity of this city? Do you think that when players come in, that they kind of take on not only the identity of the club, but do you think that the city plays an effect on on the players as well in the sense that, yes, it's, you know, it, it is a port city and it's also, uh, you know, a coastal city, but it's also kind of a tough city and a proud city. Do you think that because of that kind of identity, that that's played a role in how players have, you know, approached the club and... Do you think that's also maybe kind of forced players to really step up their game as opposed to coming in with the more lackadaisical approach? Yeah, I think people who have, um, like, a lot of uh, former Valencia players actually live in Valencia now. They retired and lived in, now currently live in Valencia. Like, Nikola Zivic, he's a perfect example. He's a guy who came to Valencia and he played, his, he played uh, with this whole full of heart and soul and uh, went to Birmingham probably like a year or two after. But he came back to Valencia and now he lives there. Like they, I think Valencia is a city that really um, people become enamored with. It's just, even though it's not as big as Madrid or Barcelona, like it's a city with heart and soul and a lot of people are very invested because it's a very, you know, it's a big city. It's a very close community and everyone uh, is very friendly and everyone wants to give back and it's, they're very prideful. So I think that is instilled in all the players when they come to Valencia. They um, fall in love with the city and fall in love with the team, and those two go hand in hand. And Valencia, the city, with a lot of rich history and a lot of pride. So I think a lot of players uh, want to make sure the people who go to the games are uh, identified with those values that the players are demonstrating on the field. I I couldn't agree with you anymore. I, I noticed when I was there how the club really just was interwoven with the city. You could see that kind of passion. And one of my friends, he had actually gone to see, um, he's a Barcelona fan, and he went to the Levante Stadium to see a game. And he had tried to see Valencia because, but they weren't in town that day. And he had said the same thing. He said that the city really embraced football. And I, I, I think, I think it's the fact that it's, a very kind of cosmopolitan city and it's a big city but it doesn't put that pressure on players I think that say some of the bigger cities do I, I think that over there players can feel comfortable but that also there's a level of expectation and there's a level of of kind of understanding that when you come to this club you are expected to give 110 percent and if you aren't being dedicated to the club it's as you said earlier. It's it's not a club for egos. It's a club where 
if you have a strong ego, you won't be able to succeed. And I think that's been one of the greatest aspects of the club is that they've been able to instill that kind of mentality. And it's it's helped players, I think, rebound. You mentioned Garay. He's, and, um, you know, you mentioned Negredo as well. As, you know, some of the players that had been performing okay and they'd been good players, but they'd been kind of underperforming. And I think that the club gave them and other players like that the opportunity to rebound in a, in a sort of successful and productive manner. But it hasn't instilled this sense of, of kind of nervousness that maybe some of the other clubs have when you come in and you feel that there's a lot of pressure off the bat. Yeah, I mean, for uh, those two cases, it, I think for Enzo and Alvaro Negrero, they did. I mean, they did struggle a bit, but I think just having, like you said, the opportunity just to kind of put their head back in the game and um, give all they can, I think, was something that they were looking forward to. And that's what a lot of players look forward to when they come to Valencia, to get the opportunity to fight for the badge. They should put their heart and soul on the field. So players like Kokolan really resonate with fans um, and players of that nature who just put it all on the line every day in and day out. Has Kokolan been, from your perspective and from your organization's perspective, the preeminent fan favorite? Or if, if you were to choose, say, about three players throughout the history of Valencia as fan favorites, who would you pick and... What would be the reason for that? Three players of the whole history. Wow. So we'll say no. We'll say we'll say we'll say that's a little too much. How about we say, starting from the from the nineties on. I think that's a little fair because I was I was thinking about that in my head. I was like a hundred years. That's that's giving it. That's just too much. That's you'd have to pick like three hundred players if we were doing it like yeah. that. But yeah, since the 90s on, I think three players have really resonated. Um, I mean, David Villa, he was a world-class striker. He also helped put Gregory uh, Valencia back on the map after the successes of the Doblete. Um, he really kind of was the forefront runner of uh, La Liga at that time um, during the late 2000s. And who else would I say? I would say uh, Albelda, he's the captain, like one of the most respected captains of the team, uh, someone that a lot of people look up to, and Kanyazaris, uh, Santiago Kanyazaris, that is the dragon. He was, uh, he, for me, his personality really showed on the field, and he was a very commanding goalkeeper, someone that I always want behind the goal, always someone defending the Valencia's net, someone who always put like I said, was his heart and soul in every game, and he always uh, fought for everything. He put his, uh, he always argued with the refs, make sure that uh, he gets pointed across, like he was someone you need on the team, someone who uh, very commanding, very much a captain, very much a leader in the locker room. Okay. I, I don't think I could say it any better myself. I remember seeing David Villa growing up as a kid, and I've he to me he's one of the greatest strikers I've seen in, in recent memory and I think I, I can't really dispute I'm not going to dispute that list to be honest 
Only other one maybe I would have said would be, hmm. Actually, no, you know what? I'm gonna keep that list. Uh, I was I was thinking about I was thinking about that. Uh, maybe. Nah, nah. I, I'm actually good with that list. I know I'm gonna think of something later, and then I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna send you like thirty players and my reasons why. But I I don't yeah, think I, I mean, can say I don't think I can say it any better myself. Yeah, I mean, like Valencia had so many great players, especially in the early 2000s. It was hard to come up with just three. <laughs> it, it, they were they were like to me. I when I had grown up, I had seen them because at that time it was a lot harder to try to watch football. You know, in the in the U.S. up until, and even really with you, when you guys started that organization, I think that was when things started to change because up until then it had been difficult to watch football. The only way I was able to watch it was because my grandfather had, he actually had come over from Spain and he was a Deportivo La Coruña fan. And he had, oh, wow. the, he had the satellite, so we would be able to watch that. And that was, that was literally the only way to watch football back in the day. Yes. I think, like like you mentioned, like those experiences really add character to be part of a soccer thing. Because, like like you said, like I remember when I was growing up, we had to get like a special antenna just to make to get those channels to watch La Liga or any European soccer. So it was like just these little characters, just trying to figure out ways to watch it and like really getting in tune with it. And I think it added to the experience of being a fan. And that's why, like I said, whenever I meet a bunch of fans, kind of that shared experience because we done similar things just to see the team play and um, show our love for the team. So I think that's a perfect example like you mentioned. Ah, uh, you know, absolutely. And that actually led into, you know, my, my final question for you, which is, is there anything that you would like the the audience to know about kind of the organization and the club? And also, how can, how can the audience get in touch with you if we have anybody that's been you know, watching La Liga recently and been able to enjoy it and has been able to see Valencia, is there a way that they can, you know, get in contact with y'all to join the organization and any sort of resources that maybe they could use? Yeah, so just to kind of recap, I mean, Valencia is a great city, it's a great place, my favorite, it's like my second home. Valencia is my team. I think Valencia has a lot of but has a rich history over a hundred years, a lot of great players, a lot of great history, a lot of good trophies, a lot of European success, and a lot of world success. It's something that the team that you want to put your heart and soul in something, it's definitely the team to support. And regarding my club, uh, the BCF USA, Pena BCF USA, um, we're always open to chat. We love meeting new Valencia fans and networking and meeting with other fan clubs throughout the world. It's always fun to meet a fellow soccer fan, so feel free to reach out to us. We're always open to any uh, campaigns you want us to be a part of or anything you want to collaborate with us. We'll definitely do the best we can. Um, you can reach us at Twitter, at BCFUSA. Um, we're also on Facebook, at Pena, P-N-Y, BCFUSA. And we're also on Instagram, at BCFUSA. So feel free to reach out to us. Um, few of us manage those accounts, so always give us a holler if you want to reach out and uh, thanks for having me out here absolutely um, so all the links will be left below and Armando thank you so much for taking the time just to explain to us about the club the academy the history the city 
I really appreciate you taking your time and I really appreciate your insight and just keep going and I, I really hope that you know everything can can get resolved especially with the COVID-19 like we talked about earlier that link will be in the description below for anybody that wants to help and thank you again for everything we I really appreciate you just taking the time out of your day to discuss a little bit about the great club that is Valencia. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me out there. I mean, you're doing a great job with this, and uh, it's a real treat, so I'm always glad to come back on whenever you want. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, have a good one. Thank you. Now, with all that passion, I know you know, this, the whole community, because uh, I was actually there in November, and I noticed that the whole Valencian community was a totally different atmosphere in all Spain, and it was very passionate. And one of the things I've been kind of interested in is kind of the emergence of that Valencia Villarreal derby, if you will. Would you mind maybe touching on some history of the derby and your experience with that? Yeah, so the first time I went to Valencia was 2014. I went with my dad. It was a graduation gift my parents got me for graduating University of Illinois. Um, it's a great present. It was a great family trip. Uh, we collaborated with the team. They made a video about our, my dad and I, our trip. And uh, they gave us a tour of Mestalla and kind of get to know, have us know the club and meet some of the players in the training facilities in the Estadio uh, Antonio Puchades in Paterna. Um, and then we got to see the Valencia Villarreal Derby. That um, is the Derby de la Comunitat. And I think a perfect way to give some backstory behind that derby and why I wanted to see it. Um, there's a great video by Copa 90 that walks through uh, the history be behind this derby. It was kind of uh, like the video mentions, it's very much like a sibling rivalry. Um, Javier De Roque, who is in that video, a good friend of ours, who's been also part of the Valencia fan community, has really uh, hit the nail on the head in that video and really does a really good job explaining kind of how the rivalry came about and why it means so much for a Valencianista to be in Mestalla and, uh, and to see these type of games. So to give some history, um, Villarreal has always kind of been in the lower divisions and was kind of created you could argue in spite of Valencia, there's a lot of uh, history behind uh, the community and kind of how big soccer is. And Valencia has always been the Primera, the first division, always being the representative of the Valencia community. And Villarreal, to a degree, was built to kind of take down Valencia and be that rival. So it's always been a brotherly rivalry of like who is going to represent the Valencian community, not only in Spain, but like the video said, in all of Europe and even the world. So Villarreal has always been in the lower divisions, working their way up to the Primera. And once they were there, as uh, Valencia fans, we didn't really necessarily take them as serious as we did. We, um, we just thought of them as little brother, just to kind of laugh at them. But as time went on and in the early 2000s, when they started rosing, rising in the ranks and also making foreign European competitions, that's when we viewed them as a real threat. And we had to kind of put them in their place and like the video, Copa 90 video, uh, perfectly describes kind of knock them back down and 
put us back up because that's where we've always been and that's where we need to be. So it's kind of been like a brotherly rivalry and a lot of recent history, like in uh, 2012, when the VRL was on the verge of relegation, Valencia knocked them down and uh, we did it in a way to play and to make to qualify for Champions League. It was uh, a game that we needed to win to secure uh, Champions League. We did so, but we beat a rival and it made it a little bit better, a little bit sweeter. So seeing them knocked down was, uh, was a good feeling. And one thing I've always been interested too is the fact that it's been kind of a weird relationship, if you will. You had David Albelda, who's an absolute legend for you guys, and I know he went on loan twice. And I, traditionally, Valencia used to loan out players to Villarreal. And do you think, when you look at it now, and especially recently, it was only last season that you guys played in the quarterfinals in Europa League. Do you think of the rivalry as, as improving and becoming more intense? Because I know it's always kind of been maybe a little more friendly rivalry, kind of big brother, little brother thing. But as you see Villarreal starting to improve, do you guys feel maybe more respect towards them or maybe kind of concerned about them as a rival? Or, or how do you feel about maybe, I guess, the emergence of the rival and the rivalry today? I think it's definitely grown a lot. It's definitely a lot more history. Like you said, there's different um, historic matches, whether it's in European competitions or in La Liga, that really add history to the rivalry. And like you said, a lot of uh, Valencia's history, and even currently, you could argue, there's been a lot of uh, uh, players to and from Valencia to Villarreal, um, like Paco Alcácer currently playing in Villarreal and Denis Cherisev playing in Valencia. It's always been a mix of players on both sides that uh, the influx in and out that have always been consistent. They've kind of been to Valencia, like the video says, the Copa 90 video a feeder team. And now more so they're coming up the ranks. And like you said, even though it's a, it's been historically viewed as a brotherly rivalry, I believe that it's going to, in the upcoming years, now that Villarreal keeps having constant success and still staying in first division, it's going to be more intense rivalry and just really adds to the, to the atmosphere. And I think when you think of Valencia and the history, they just need to keep it to the top level. And uh, Villarreal is kind of that brother we need to kind of push us sometimes. But uh, I mean, just to have them, that those matches in the first division is always a treat. There's one, uh, there's one player that you mentioned that I've always, I kind of wanted to know what you were thinking about. And that's, that's actually Shershev because he was, if there's one player that I've seen that's had that fluctuation of Valencia Villarreal, Valencia Villarreal, I feel like that's, it have to be him. Cause he went first to Villarreal, um, cause he had played with us with Madrid. Then he went to Valencia then he signed with Villarreal, went on loan to Valencia and now he's permanently with them. Mm-hmm. What is your thought of, of somebody like him? And do you think that's something that, is going to continue where you see more movement between the two clubs? Or do you think with Villarreal's emergence that maybe that's going to ultimately stop? I think especially in recent history with Marcelino uh, being an example where he was the manager of Villarreal in recent history as well. And he did have success with them in the Europa League um, once he came on uh, Valencia's uh, managing Valencia. He did bring a lot of players from 
who have played in VRL, like Teresa being one of them, Gabriel Paulista, John McCosta. So there, I do believe in recent times there has been, and I think it will trickle a little more, but I think once the dust settles, I don't personally think we will get maybe as many, maybe one or two here or there, but I don't think we will have as many uh, players who have played in VRL. Okay. And do you think that this is going to be any kind of inhibitance going forward? I, I, mean, I know you mentioned that maybe some of the goals would be to go farther in Europe. Do you think that the club going forward is going to be a club that's going to progress more in, in, the, in La Liga? And especially now that got, things are apparently are going to resume, we just got news that it looks like it'll be back in June. You think that's going to help the club? Uh, for meaning like if the, when the season come back, how this will play out essentially. Yeah. Like meaning like going like in, when the season comes back, do you think that this is going to help the club? And even just in the coming seasons, what do you think, um, what do you think is going to be the main kind of aspirations for the club? Oh, the, I think the qualifier for champions is, uh, the club's top priority and to uh, once again champions get out of the group stage and keep progressing and to keep hitting those finish really strong in the champions league and also la liga personally i would love valencia to win everything win the copa del rey win la liga win the champions league and consistently classify for the champions league i think just maintaining that high level and showcasing uh, the quality and talent that Valencia has consistently year after year really retains talent, grows a lot of youngsters that I believe uh, need a place on the squad. And Valencia's academy has been very rich in having players like Ferran and Kangin Lee and Gaia and Soler just to keep elevating them and having them perform well at the highest level and eventually playing on the national teams. I think that will just keep bringing success and keep bringing stability to the team. Okay. Do you think that the club going forward is going to be able to retain more of their players? You know, you know, you mentioned Lee, and um, I'm just wondering, now that you have Peter Lim as an owner and everything, is this going to help kind of bring more stability and, and make the club not have to sell as many players as they used to in the past? I think, yeah, there is a big component, uh, especially with uh, Peter Lim's plan to retain uh, youth talent. I think it's something that's very ingrained as well in a lot of these kids. Um, Kangin Lee, uh, he loves the team. Ron loves the team as well. They're always talking about it. The goal is for them to kind of be the face of the club going forward. And Gaia's a perfect example. He's a one club man. He's publicly said he does not want to play for any other team besides Valencia. So he is a prime example of what Peter Lim wants to groom or have a lot of these players be like the ownership definitely wants players like Gaia who will fight for the badge and really only want to play for Valencia. And that's what the fans want as well. Someone who's dedicated to the team and has risen up the ranks and has given back. So I think Jose Gaia is a perfect example. Okay. 